Hello there, and thank you so much for checking into this episode of The Joshua Files. I'm Debbie Cheney, and your partner as we open up the drawer together. In this episode, we are going to talk about a very foundational concept in everybody's life, and that is purpose. What is my purpose? So that's our first segment today. Our second segment, then, we're going to add to that identity personal identity and my purpose. And I'm going to share my story in our second segment. segment. And then in our third and final Bible basic segment, we are going to talk about what I call the three most important questions in life that everyone has to answer in our Bible basic segment. And that is, who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? So that's the show for today. Buckle up. This is power packed. It is foundational for all of us, and I'm so glad you're along for the ride. Let's get to it. There's a lyric from a musical theater song from the musical Avenue Q, and the song is called Purpose, and the lyric goes, Purpose, I gotta find my purpose, I gotta find me. And that is playing over and over and over in my head right now, that song, um, in addition to what I feel like is a boatload of facts, but I hope you're ready because this is such a deep and important subject. We've all struggled with it. We all re-evaluate our purpose through our years, and so let's just dive in. So I wanna start by talking about a young man at the age of 20. And at the age of 20, this young man was a medical student and he was um, working um, as a counselor in a suicide clinic, which is kind of interesting, a medical student. And at 20 years old, this young man actually was able to successfully counsel um, high school students who were suffering through depression and suicide. And he had such a great success rate um, that um, he actually eliminated suicide from the high school. There was literally no suicide any longer in the high school. Um, from that um, chapter of success in his life, he became head of the suicide department at the General Hospital in Vienna. Um, and he served there, of course, for many, many years successfully until he eventually became the head of neurology department um, at, at Rothschild, Rothschild Neurology Department in Vienna. It was in that capacity in 1942 that he was arrested. He and his family, his wife, his parents were arrested and they were taken to Thresenstadt concentration camp. He served at that concentration camp and he had also served at Auschwitz and Dachau as a head of neurology. Here is Viktor Frankl during World War II spending three years in the Nazi concentration camps. He was a professor of neurology and psychiatry at the University of Med Vienna Medical School. And it was he that actually formulated many of his key ideas and therapies from this very experience, these three years in the concentration camps. And it was he who wrote a book that was called Man's Search for Meaning. He actually has written 39 books in 38 different languages. But Viktor Frankl wrote what the Library of Congress in America calls one of the 10 most influential books of America, Man's Search for Meaning. Now, why is that so important? Because Viktor Frankl actually believed totally that purpose is what gives life meaning. That's what he's credited for, that it is purpose. He says humans are driven by necessity to seek meaning. And in their lives, they do that by committing to a cause outside of themselves. And that's what he wrote about in his book, 
He believed that the spiritual self, the spiritual life, could not be affected by external forces. He had seen that over and over in the concentration camps, that people who had something to live for were, were able to live despite the external forces that came at, at them. So his whole approach to psychiatry and, and neurology was to study purpose and the purpose in people. Um, purpose. He says, without purpose, the people have an existential vacuum, leaving them open to deeper despair. Interesting. Interesting. Frankel, number one book affecting America. That makes me think of another man totally different from Frankel, totally different. His name is Rick Warren. And you maybe have heard of him. He has what is called the best-selling hardcover nonfiction book in history of all time. It's the second most translated book of all time besides the Bible. Do you remember what book he wrote? Yep, Purpose Driven Life. You see, Viktor Frankl and Rick Warren tapped into what many consider to be the number one need in mankind and that is to discover their purpose. You'll remember the story maybe of Purpose Driven Life book. In 2005, um, there was an escaped rapist. He escaped from his courthouse hearing and he ran across the street. His name was Brian Nichols and he ran across the street into this, this 26 year old lady's house. Her name was Ashley Smith and he held her hostage for seven hours. And during that seven hour hostage time, she was being um, faced with the decision of whether to do drugs with him or whether to stick with her commitment to what she believed was her purpose. And so you know what she did? This is mind blowing. She opened up a book she was reading called The Purpose Driven Life and she read chapter 32 to this rapist who was running away from the law. And it was in him hearing that story about purpose that he decided to turn himself in. He turned himself in, Ashley Smith was unharmed, and again, purpose plays heavily into the story. So purpose, purpose, purpose. Now, it wasn't just Viktor Frankl and it wasn't just Rick Warren. Buddha had a lot to say about purpose too. Um, let me just read one of them. He says, your purpose is to find your purpose and give your heart and soul to it. Okay, I'm not going to put Buddha down, but that doesn't give me a lot of direction. But nonetheless, that's what Buddha said. Then we have Krishna. Krishna said, your birth is a miserable, excuse me, your birth is a mistake. And you'll spend your whole life trying to correct it. That's your purpose. Okay, well, that's not very helpful either. Well, let's go on to Dostoevsky. You remember him. He says, the mystery of the human existence lies not in just staying alive, but in finding something to live for. Okay, we can agree with that, yeah? Pablo Picasso, he said this. He says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Boy, he did a great job of that, didn't he? The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And then we're going to take it back to Frankel, because I really admire this man and respect what he had to say. He said, life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. So purpose is the key element. Purpose is what we're talking about. So what is purpose? The dictionary defines purpose as the reason for which something is done. Okay. It's our intention or our objective. Why is it that we're doing what we're doing? That's our purpose, our purpose. Think about it in your life. What is your why? What is why you do things? Because it's been said when we have a why, we can overcome the how. So your purpose is your why. Because without purpose, we find ourselves less focused and inefficient in whatever we do. We sometimes get restless and we get stressed out. I know I do. 
because because what's in our heart is not aligned with what we're doing. And so we kind of feel out of joint and misshapen. So purpose is going to help us to find ourselves. Without purpose, we're kind of all over the place. And when we're all over the place and we are not really sure what we're here for, we're not really sure what we're supposed to be doing, then remember what Frankel said about that vacuum? Again, Frankel is known for having a t- teaching about the existential vacuum leaving us open to despair. And what happens when we're open to despair? You tell me. When you don't really know, what do we do? We spin our wheels. And oftentimes we conform to what others want. We tend to seek immediate pleasures. And that oftentimes, let's be honest, if we're just open to anything and without direction and purpose, we're going to find ourselves involved in stuff that we probably don't want to be involved in. You know, we can get involved with stimulants or depressants or feeling superior to people and making ourselves feel superior when really it's just that we're numb we're numb inside and we have despair we have pain we don't know where we're going we have lack of meaningful goals so it's our job to work towards meaningful goals because those meaningful goals help us to drive out the drugs or drive out the alcohol or the excessives excessive gaming or TV or whatever the other excesses are in our life. If there's not a vacuum there, if we're filled up with purpose, then those other things, there's no place for them. I remember when I was working with high school kids, my husband and I, um, I remember learning and finding it was so true that if you put young men to hard physical work, just had them work hard at whatever they were doing, had them work hard, they would be less inclined to become promiscuous or to become um, active in drugs or other, other activities that were not, if they physically were working hard. And so we purposely would, would work people hard because it gives you a purpose when you work. We kind of talked about that last week. Um, There was a a survey in 2010 that actually um, was conducted by Dr. Carly Snyder. And in her study, she found that people who had high levels of purpose, high levels of purpose, and they had that coupled with a control of feeling, they actually live longer. They actually have a more positive health outcome. So positivity and in our health Um, is linked with having purpose in our life. Better health, excuse me, outcomes. Tripping over my words here. There was another study in 2016 that actually said people um, without a sense of purpose are going to make less money. Well, let's flip that around. People with a strong sense of purpose make more money than people who lack a sense of purpose. So there is some truth to the fact that you'll do better physically, you'll be physic, um, excuse me, financially more successful if you know what your purpose is. Know what your purpose is. Man, that's a lot to figure out. It's a lot to chew on. Now we were talking about work, but I I want to make a clarification here. Your purpose is not the same as the job that you do. Your purpose and your job are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. So when I go to work, that may not be my purpose statement. Now, I'm going to be honest. It's nice when my purpose statement and the thing that I've determined to be my purpose matches up with my job when they're aligned. But when I have a sense of purpose, then that actually propels me through no matter what job I'm doing. So I've heard many, many say, old and young, that I, I want to find a job that I can fulfill my purpose. Well, that's wonderful, and I support you in that endeavor. But I don't want you to ever misconstrue the fact that the job you're doing is your purpose. Because your purpose is bigger than the job that you're doing. And your purpose will propel you through that. Okay? Some people say, well, my purpose is hard to find. Okay, I would agree. But the reason we say that or the reason we struggle with that sometimes is the fact that the world's problems seem so dang big 
that we can't seem to find any place in it and we seem so small and besides the fact we're so excuse me exhausted from our own life it's like i can't i can't find my purpose because i'm so tired living my life and i don't know how to fight for something bigger or something better well i'll tell you we're going to get to some very specifics here but determining your purpose my friend involves first of all self reflection you're gonna have to look within to see what's inside there and i don't care if you're 12 i don't care if you're 22 i don't care if you're 52. purpose finding our purpose always revolves around self-reflection number one number two determining your purpose involves listening to others what do you mean deb well sometimes what people have to say about what they uh, respect in us or what they they value in us or the compliments they give us those are the things that help us to identify our strengths and the things that we love doing so listening to other people and what other people say about you and i'm not talking about the negative crap i'm not talking about that i'm talking about when someone commends you and someone comes alongside of you and someone you respect speaks into your life and they recognize and they identify things in your life they're going to help you in identifying what's important and your purpose and then finally determining your purpose involves finding your interests obviously your purpose is going to have to do with what you're interested in a lot of people say it's finding your passion well i've come lived long enough to discover that just because i'm passionate about something doesn't mean i'm going to be purposeful in it and it's part of my purpose okay I'm passionate about a couple things. I'm not sure they're part of my purpose. So that's why I say finding what you're interested in is really important. Really important. So let me say those three things again. Determining your purpose involves self-reflection. It involves listening to others. And it involves finding out what you're interested in. Okay? Now I want to give you a oh, ABCD of GEO. Several tips. Several tips of things. We could call them maybe strategies for finding your purpose strategies for finding your purpose okay maybe you're you're in a, a reevaluative state and you're trying to reevaluate what is your purpose or maybe you've never really even established your purpose for the first time well start with some of these ideas pick out which ones work for you letter a i wrote down as help others help others wait debbie i'm trying to find my purpose i got to help others yes because i'm I'm confident that as you help others, you're going to find out something about yourself. As you learn to give to others and move in relationship and community with other people, you're going to find more purpose in your life. So whether you volunteer or you donate time or you just help people in your neighborhood or even family members, start by helping people out. It's going to help you uncover your purpose. Letter B I wrote down was listen to feedback. That fits in what we said before. Listen to what other people say. What were they saying? Sometimes we don't see what's inside of us and they might say something and that's going to help us to reinforce, oh, I've been doing that. That's why I, okay, got it. Next one, letter C I wrote down is surround yourself with positive people. The old phrase, you are the company you keep. Look around you. What type of people are you surrounding yourself with? I'll just leave that there. Next one, letter D I wrote down. Explore your interests. Again, what types of things are, do you enjoy doing? What issues are you, are you excited about? What things make you hot, meaning they get you riled up? What, look at your, your social media feed. What is it that you share and talk a lot about? They should be the things that matter to you. So that's good. Those are good indicators of what your purpose revolves around. Letter E, what injustices bother you? When you look around, what do you go? Holy smokes, I, I got to help this. I remember doing this when I was a little kid. I read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of jail and prison books and watched jail and prison movies. I don't know why. I was just attracted to them. And so when I became of age that I could go into jails and um, help counsel, 
Um, I did. I went in as a volunteer for years and years. And then I went in and I was able to get paid for what I was doing, which was wonderful because I thought these people, these people, I want, I want to be there to help them. So find what injustices bother you and jump on that. Letter F, discover what you do. What is it that you love to do? Discover what you love to do. What skills, what talents, what passions do you have that you really love to do? Here's another one, letter G. Read. Read? How can reading help me discover my purpose? Because reading connects us with other people that we'll never know. Reading helps connect us with the stories of people in the past, the stories of people in our present. We need to know what other people are doing. We need to be aware. And those things are going to help give us a stronger sense of purpose. Hmm. Um... I already said, listen to what people appreciate about you. already said that. So um, I think that's plenty, but man, that's a lot to chew on, isn't it? Let me, let me add at the tail end of this too, that finding your purpose is a lifelong journey. You're not going to do it just at the end of this pod, pad, podcast. What is this called? Podcast. Yeah, got it. You're not going to go, okay, I'm going to find my purpose. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to write these things down to find my purpose. Well, I trust that that would work for you, but... Mm, chances are it's going to be one step at a time. And I will tell you that your purpose may change through the years. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about my personal journey with my purpose. And although my purpose didn't change, um, it got tweaked from here and there. And so that, that purpose um, that we establish now or at any one point, don't be surprised if it changes through time because it just might change through time. As long as it doesn't go to what Aristotle said. Aristotle says that happiness is the ultimate end goal of life. I think it's more than that. The Dalai Lama actually agrees with Aristotle, but I think your purpose is more than just you being happy. I think you've been put on this planet for more than that. There's another guy, his name is Durkheim, and he says that moral purpose is found in community life. I like that because I am a firm believer that my purpose and your purpose does not just involve me. Sitting here doing this recording and everybody in my household, my purpose involves people outside this house, outside this place, in my community. And I think that's key for you as well. Purpose. I'm going to close with this little last little three-point kicker that I think sums up everything quite well. You see, there's lots of folks, me, baby, baby boomer type people that say, oh, this young generation, these young kids today, they're just lazy. And then we admit, yeah, I know life was simpler back when I was a kid. And that's right. Today is different. There are different social structures and there's all kinds of stuff that's changing. Um, societal and cultural norms are changing, identity and sexuality and the meaning of adulthood and family and all those things are changing. I get it. I get it. But what's not changing is the fact that I personally believe young people today are not lazy. Well, come on, you just get up there. I don't believe they're lazy. I believe young people today are lost, are lost. They don't have a sense of purpose, or we could say they have purposelessness. And so as I close this segment, I would like to share with you three points to help you not be purposeless, not be purposeless, not be lost. Okay. And I would submit to these as a start for seeking your purpose. Number one, be useful to yourself. Be useful to yourself. If you want to find your purpose in life, start with being useful to yourself. Well, gosh, Debbie, that's selfish. Oh, no, it's not. It's called self-care. It's called taking care of yourself. It's called organizing your life, prioritizing your life, eating right, exercising. All of those things are basic. You, if, you, you, if you can't do those things for yourself, take care of your own basic needs. If you can't be useful to help yourself, you cannot be useful to help others. Jordan Peterson, that great man, I love, love listening to him. He said, and I quote, clean your damn room, unquote. 
What is he saying? He's actually saying, look, be useful to yourself. And the first step in, in you finding purpose is you reorienting your mindset of purposelessness. As you're in purposelessness, you need to get busy and clean your room. You need to get busy and take care of your basic needs. You get, need to get busy and shave. You need to get busy and get your drawers organized. Pick up your room. Because as that fog lifts, then purpose will come into your life. So number one, be useful to yourself. Number two, be useful to your family and your friends. See, if you're useful to yourself, you're finding purpose in taking care of yourself, then you can reach out and take care of others. Isn't that what the great commandment was? Love yourself and then love others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So as we take care of ourselves, then we can reach out and take care of others and help others. Because if we don't do it that way, then manipulation comes in and bitterness creeps in. We can't be useful to family without being useful to ourselves, And then finally, let us see here, be useful to society, to society. As we learn to extend our influence and help others and be, be an assistance to others, we find a fulfillment and a sense of purpose in that. And then we can look bigger beyond our family. We can look you know, into, you know, maybe volunteering or maybe our workplace or maybe the leisure things that we love to do. Maybe we even want to be an activist for certain things that we're very concerned about. We can align our strengths and our values and our interests then as we learn to help others and as we learn to help um, ourselves. Um, be useful to yourself, be useful to your family, be useful to society. You will find your purpose. Um, I want to close just with a song from years and years ago by Justin Bieber. He wrote a song called Purpose. And he, I, wrote, I was reading about why did he write that song. And he said the reason he wrote that song is because he was feeling a loss of purpose. And he was feeling like he had blown it and lost it and was off track and didn't have a clue where he was going. But he felt like it wasn't too late for him to start again and find his purpose and reinvent himself. So I leave you with that thought. I don't know where you are in your purpose uh, seeking, but it's never too late. It's never too late to reinvent yourself. It's never too late to ask what is your purpose and write it down, your own personal mission statement. And it doesn't matter how far off course you've gotten or how tightly on track you've been, um, reevaluation is part of what finding your purpose is. So there you go. You got this. You have a purpose on this planet. time in your life when you struggled with the question, who am I? Who the heck am I? That's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes in this uh, segment. I'm going to talk about identity and how that, I believe, is so closely linked with purpose. I don't personally believe you can talk about your purpose until you've established your identity. Um, for me, they are um, intricately woven together. So your, your identity is what's on the inside of you. And without um, that internal peace at the core of who you are, understanding who you are, I don't believe you have a foundation for building what your purpose is. And so I'm one who believes that your identity has to be clearly established um, before your purpose will unfold before you. Um, Again, maybe I'm a quack, but that's, that's the way I've seen it in so many lives. That's the way it's worked in my life, your identity. And again, your identity are the qualities and the beliefs and the personality that you have. It's your facial expressions, you know, the looks. Oh, yeah, that's a Debbie look, you know. It's the thing that make you a look, that make you a person. It's your looks. It's your, your traits that make you you right? That's your identity. This is me. I love that song um, from The Greatest Showman. This is me. You know, it's like, what is it that makes you you? 
okay what is it that makes you you now identity also comes from values but i want to remind you we choose our values too it starts off as we're kids and we're told um, to to value certain things as we grow up and we're our parents shape us um, towards certain values they want us to to um, become our own and they train us on where to go and who to be but in reality we choose we have to choose those values ourselves and it's that self-perception that self-choice it's that owning our own actions our own values that really gives us the strongest influence of all in our sense of self it's not what my mom you know pounded into my head or what my dad pounded into my head it's what i took from my mom and dad and decided this is what i value not so much that and i'm going to throw that away so it's this whole filtering process of identity that that we choose those values and we we um fold those values into our life as this is my identity now not my teachers not my youth pastors not my uncles not my moms and not my dads and so that identity is uh, i think the foundation of purpose and in fact um it's that there's what was that guy's name erickson erickson whatever his first name was i don't eric erickson duh um he wrote that you know the all that psychology junk about the eight stages of you know of um social development and one of those stages i think it was the fifth stage identity it was an important part of social development so i submit that to you as as the foundation for building purpose in your life um for me it kind of worked like this i remember when i was 12 years old and again this is my story so it's it's my story and it's not wrong or right it's just my story and i share it simply because i believe um we can learn from one another's stories um so i remember distinctly i can see the place in my house <laughs> where i was living when i was 12 when i hated myself i hated who i was i remember literally saying i hate myself i do and i remember ages 12 13 and 14 that was kind of who i was i just did not like who i was i also remember at age 14 um something happened in my life that brought me to the place where i faced the reality of okay this is my purpose this is who i am and and wrapped up in who i was who i am um was that whole adolescent searching for identity and those two i am happy to say i struggled and wrestled with my own adolescent identity but at the peak of that what came from that i'm not kidding was something that became so real in my life at age 16 i'm not kidding at age 16 man it could not be removed from my life so at age 14 the experience happened but at age 16 man i had it settled it was concrete dried concrete i had settled what my purpose was i knew what my purpose was and i actually wrote down and have pretty much lived by a mission statement that i wrote when i was 16 seriously it it was just done deal i knew it and I'm grateful that I was able to live my life with that as my compass. Okay? I graduated, went on to college, and I'm happy to say that that mission statement, that purpose statement, that thing that just ingrained itself into me um propelled me through everything I faced through college. It it's it it's it set me on a rock, seriously. It set me solid on a rock. When I graduated from college at age 22, I entered the workforce and I was lucky enough to land a job that contributed to my purpose. There was a kind of a nice little um gear shift working together between what I had established in my, as my purpose and the job that I was able to take on. Now I wasn't doing what I was dreaming of doing, but I knew that if I stayed at that job, it would work into what I really believed would be kind of a good purpose for me, a good job purpose to fit with my my mission statement. 
And I was able to work at that job from age 22 um, for many, many years. I actually worked for 21 years in that style job with that company as I progressed through um, my whole work career. Um, and, and, and the thing that I wrote down at age 16 stayed my driving force. It didn't have to tweak it much, but it was the thing that was in front of me. It was my why for why I chose to become involved in certain things as a young adult and why I chose not to become involved in things. Because my why was, nope, that's not the path I'm going on. That is not my purpose. At 31, I got married. And um, I happily got married. I've been married to the same man <laughs> since I'm 31. Um, but I struggled so hard with my identity. I said I do, and then I went, what the heck am I doing? Seriously, um, that those first couple years of marriage, man, I was evaluating and reevaluating my life and my identity. Who am I now? Am I Mrs. Dennis Cheney? Am I Mrs. Debbie? Who the heck am I? I... I, I'm not going to lie. It was tough. I got married at 31 and it was tough. It was a struggle with my purpose. Had my purpose changed? Was it the same? And it was a reevaluation time. Remember I told you that purpose, you don't just anchor it in. You don't just settle it in. You have to reevaluate. And I'm telling you that event in my life caused me to reevent big time. And then five years later, we had our first child and boy, guess what I was doing again? Yeah, reevaluating. Okay, who am I now? What's my purpose now? Am I Mrs. Dennis Cheney? Am I Mrs. Debbie Cheney? Am I this young person's, this little guy's life? Um, um, mom, what am I this? What do I, what do I do with this little baby, beautiful baby boy that I have? Holy moly! And again, here I was reevaluating. Who am I? Am I a mom? Am I a daughter? Am I a wife? Am I a friend? Am I a worker? Because I was still working. What's my purpose? How do I raise this child? Am I, you know, how do I wife? How do I mother? How do? I, what is my purpose? So again, just pointing out the reality of life. I, I had a purpose, had a mission statement, still was living by it. But man, it got hit big time with, now I got a kid. At age 40, um, I realized we were not going to have any more children. That was the end of having children for us. Not going to happen. Um, and so here I was raising a child. My husband and I were raising a child. I was working. I was wifing. And this this went on for 14 years, you know, raising a child, trying to figure out, do I have the same purpose? I'm a mother and I'm raising a child. Do I still have the same purpose? Is this still the same thing that that 16-year-old wrote down? I'll tell you, there were some tweaks that had to be made to it. But the core of what I had written down and what I had said as my North Star did not change, even though I was raising a child, even though I was working. There was tweaks, but there was no change. Then at age 54, my my little baby boy became an adult and, you know, he's I've got an adult child now. An adult child. He's an adult. He's living at home, but he's an adult. And again, I'm reevaluating. What what is my purpose now? I mean, he doesn't need me like he used to need me. He doesn't need his dad like he used to. Where do we fit in? Six years later, we're empty nesters, and he's walking out the door. I'm reevaluating. 65 at age 65, I retired. Guess what I'm doing again? I'm reevaluating. I'm now 66. I'm kind of in a nice, solid place. I still know what my purpose is. But I feel like almost every month I'm reevaluating my purpose because I want to be a purpose, a person that lives with purpose. I will not allow myself to be blown all over the place and have that vacuum. I know who I am. I know my purpose. But man, it has been tested and it has been tweaked, yet it has stayed true. I know my identity and I know my purpose. And yet, change has made me stronger and it will do the same for you. Part of my purpose 
I have discovered through the years, and I wrote down as a 16-year-old, is to teach the Word. And so in this third and final segment, that's what we're going to do. We're going to teach the Word. Very short lesson here on our Bible basics. Very short lesson that involves asking you to consider three questions. Question number one, would you please consider who am I? Who am I? Question number two, where did I come from? And question number three, where am I going? Again, those three questions I believe every human on the planet must address. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? And it is my belief that as we address those questions and answer those questions, we will find the answer to why we are on this planet in the Word of God. And so I want to share with you these three questions and the answers, okay, to them, okay? And I want to start in John chapter 8, verse 12, where we find Jesus is talking and Jesus is saying to the people, he says to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Are you here appearing on your own witness? Your witness is not valid. Jesus answered and said, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you have no idea. Hoo slam. In John 8 verses 12 to 14, Jesus answers those three questions. He's, he tells us who he is. He tells us where he came from. And he tells us where he's going. And he sets for us an example that we too, we too as humans walking on this planet can know who we are. We can know where we came from, and we can know where we're going. And so I'd like to suggest to you answers to those questions based on the Bible. Who are you? Who am I? Debbie Cheney, who are you? Well, the Bible tells me in Ephesians that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for the beginning. So who am I? I am God's handiwork. You remember that girl I told you about when I was 12 that I hated myself? I did not realize that I was God's handiwork. When I came to realize that I was his handiwork, my life changed. You are. You are his handiwork. You are his masterpiece. You are God's handiwork. Who are you? You are God's handiwork. Revelation tells us that God created all things for his pleasure they are created. Who are you? You are created by God for his pleasure. When God looks down, he sees you and he goes, that's my masterpiece. Man, he or she pleases me. He does. He looks down and he sees you as his masterpiece and he says yes exactly like I create I created that one for my pleasure I enjoy that one I long to be with that one I want to spend time with that one that's why I put that one on my, on earth so that we could share times that person is my handiwork John 1 tells us that we are created children of God Born, listen to this, listen to this. Born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. I'm going to be honest here and quite frank. I do not know the circumstances of your birth. I do not know them. But that does not change who you are. Because the fact that you are listening to this podcast right now means 
It was not man's decision that you were born. It was not a human decision that you were born. It was not a husband's will that you were born. It was not any planning on human part that you were born. You were born because God said, I want you because I take pleasure in you. You're special to me. And regardless of your background, regardless of the situation that brought you into this world, good, bad, or indifferent, God said, yes, I want you. You're my handiwork. You're my handiwork. One last verse on who am I. The Bible tells us in Zechariah that whoever touches me touches the apple of his eye. Guess what? You know that 12-year-old girl that I hated? Well, I'm the apple of God's eye. And you know what? You are too. What does that mean, the apple of God's eye? That means you're his precious one. You're his dearly beloved. You're a, a, a one born to him. He said, I want that one born. It was God's will that you were born, not man's will. He said, I want that one born. That one is, you are my masterpiece. You are my handiwork. You were created because I take pleasure in you. So my friend, who are you? You're God's handiwork, made for his pleasure. You're loved by God. You are loved by God. Let me say that again. You are loved by God. You are his child. You are the apple of his eye. That's who you are, period, the end. Settle it. Your purpose, that's who you are. Next question, where did I come from? Where did I come from? Again, from the Bible, Psalm 139 tells us, listen to this, you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts toward me. Where did I come from? I was knit together in Beverly Olson's womb. It was not Richard and Beverly that came together and created me. It was God that created my innermost being and placed me in the womb of Beverly. It was God who knit me together and made me in that secret place. It was God who wove me together in the depths of that dark place. It was God who brought the seed of Richard and the seed of Beverly together and caused, God saw that seed coming together and forming me even before the seeds came together. Where did I come from? God created me. God planned me. God, it was not a man's decision. It was God's decision for me to be born. Psalm 71 tells us that you brought me forth from my mother's womb. Where did I come from? Yes, of course I came from my mother's womb. But it was God who brought me forth from my mother's womb. It was God that wanted me to come forth. Jeremiah tells us that before I formed you in the womb, God says, I knew you. God, that is amazing. A man has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of sperm. A lady has thousands of ovum. And God knew exactly which sperm and which ovum was going to come together to create you. And he wanted that exact pairing with that exact DNA makeup so you would come together and he could bring you forth from your mother's womb. Whoa! Wow, that's awesome. Where did you come from? Oh my goodness, God created you. God planned you. And God has a plan for you. That's amazing. 
third and final question, where are you going? When this life is all over and you breathe your last, where are you going? Is it all over? Is it a done deal? Will you lay in the ground? And as the saying goes, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinnacle on your scalp. Is it all over? Where are you going? Again, this is Bible, so I'm going to give you verse number one, John 14, 23. Jesus says, I'm going to my father's house. Excuse me, 14, two through three. Jesus says, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare you a place, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you can be where I am. Where am I going? I am gonna go up to heaven to be with Jesus. That's where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. John 3, 16, you might know the verse. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have what? Eternal life. When I die here on earth, I get to go to heaven afterwards. I'm going to heaven because God loves me. God has a purpose for me. I'm his child. He knit me together. And while I'm on this earth, I am going to serve his purpose because I'm do whatever I'm doing here, I'm doing for his pleasure. And dang, it's pretty pleasurable for me too. So where am I going? I'm going to be with him in the end. I'm going to have eternal life. John 5 tells us that when we die, we cross from death into life. When we die, we are going to enter into life. If Jesus has become the savior of our life, if we believe in Jesus, we have eternal life, not just X amount of years on planet Earth. That's why he loves us. That's why he cares for us. That's why he made us. He made us so we could live here in a life full of abundance, a life in his blessing, a life blessing others and sharing with others, a life finding fulfillment and happiness and purpose and destiny, and a life then that we'll go to spend with him forever and eternity. Where am I going? Where are you going? I'm going to heaven to live forever with him in the end. That's the plan of God for you. That's your choice. That's your call. That's your destiny. That's your purpose. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? What an exciting life we have if we live it for Jesus. Oh my goodness. Well, again, I thank you for listening. This is Debbie Cheney, The Joshua Files. Leave a message, please. I would love for you to leave a message. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave a message. Pass the word. And thank you so much for finding the time to listen to what your purpose is. Now go and enjoy the purpose of God in your life. Until next time, take care. Thank you.